Welcome to Houndsy, the COE podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and we're here tonight to break down the home opener victory against Hartford and to look forward to a much-anticipated trip up the road to Detroit City for the the big away game. And to help us break that down, we got Logan and Vesti with us. Vesti, what's good, my man? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, just hoping my house doesn't blow away Wizard of Oz style tonight with the uh, tornado warning or watch, I guess. Which I presume you guys have too, because I think it was countywide. Yeah, I saw. I, I got a lot of rain outside the window, but I haven't heard any uh, any cows blown by. So so far, so good. Uh, Logan, any any wildlife flying past your uh, your front door that uh, is not normally airborne? Twister, please take me. I'm ready to go. What was that? Oh, hey guys. Uh, no, no, no wildlife. Uh, the only wildlife is inside the house with the, the two puppy dogs that uh, keep me on my toes constantly, but or bite my toes constantly, I guess. But all good, all good. Beautiful. So, a couple things to break down this this week. We'll start with this past Saturday. The Hounds kicked off the home portion of their schedule with a two-one victory over Hartford Athletic the frauds that they are. Uh, Logan, anything from the match itself that stuck out to you? I think, uh, I don't know, is, is it Pop, Papa Chuck, Matt? How do you say his last name? Pop Chuck. Uh, Pop Chuck. Uh, he, put, he always puts a little summary on the, the Riverhound supporters Facebook group. And uh, I thought, thought he had some good points. And one thing that I didn't really think of, I kind of lost in my, the drunken madness was, how long the hounds played for 10 men. I mean, over a half. So, um, didn't, I mean, obviously sought out three points at all, all that matters at the end of the day, but what I like them to see them, uh, control the game maybe a little bit more. And they had their chances there towards the end, but, uh, at, at the end of the day, great home opener, always nice to, to get the win and, uh, we move on. Yeah. Vesti, it's, it's, I mean, uh, for the multitude of reasons why this has been a, weird start to the season one being 2-0-0 after two games and having six points only for the second time in, in the club's history but also to be they've played more minutes up a man than they've played 11 aside so it was results independent you know, independent of the results how is this team looking uh considering we're, we're seeing them playing and playing a man up more often than not yeah it was it was almost to the minute of the first game that the the double yellow came out, you know, it was, it was both in the 40, the 40 to 45 range. So it was really, really weird. Uh, I, so we basically, you know, get one half of full strength hounds and one half of upper man. And so I went back and watched a little bit of the game uh, just because I, I realized how little actually sticks in my mind once you had a few beers. And then you need to go talk about it on a podcast a couple days later. It, and I only really watched the first half because I feel like it's, you know, when you're off a man for a whole half and you win, it's kind of like whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really, I don't think it's a great, um, uh, great showing for like how we are. Because at that point, you're just kind of, once you get that second goal and then you're up, you just kind of go in cruise control, hopefully. Uh, I, I'd say it's a, at least a good thing that we did get a second goal um, in this case in the second half. There were a couple games last year, I feel like, where we were up a man and we weren't able to capitalize on it. And so we ended up with draws or I'm pretty sure we even had a loss one time. So it seems like uh, we're getting a lot of practice early of actually seeing games out when we have the opportunity to. But in the first half, I thought we looked great. Um you know, really crisp passing through the midfield uh, and into the offense, which we'd expect since we're all used to each other. Um, I think it was like in the 13th or something. Griffin had this really great pinpoint cross uh, over the Forbes, like a whole field cross. And Forbes did this immediate nice little flick back to, um, I think Dixon was uh, behind him there. And there's just a lot of that. Like if they, when they, I mean, that was a good aerial one, but when they kept the ball on the ground, it's a lot of just real crisp passing, um, you know, not really, you know, hitting it too hard and missing the guy. Um, it just looked like, you know, the midfield and the, and the offense really knew where everybody was and, and we're clicking. 
Um, That's funny you bring that because passing was the one note that I I marked down specifically keeping keeping the ball on the ground as compared to Memphis last week, where especially that first twenty minutes or so, the passing was was pretty horrid. And I'm I'm choosing to chalk it up to getting back on on the turf that they're used to, so they're getting the weight of those passes better. Yeah, hopefully and, and, that works because yeah, it seemed like in Memphis last week in, in the natural grass, they just everything was light, and to see that change this week kind of made me think that it was maybe more what they were used to doing basically all all of preseason. Yeah, and, and you know it was, it was real crisp, real uh, you know direct, um, kind of on target, but kind of along the lines of passing. Something else that I noticed a lot um, was on the defense, the back line, they were real content with just kind of passing around to each other. There wasn't like a rush to get it up the field as quick as possible and then turn it over because they're being too quick. Um, when the hounds started coming out of the back, they really took their time and were really deliberate where they were setting the ball. And um, again, since I rewatched it, like the first two minutes, it was just the center backs passing the ball back to each other. Like they were totally fine. Not even like trying to hoof it up for like a prayer um, you just try to get up to the offense for no reason. And, um, you know, I, I think at this level that that shows a lot of, um, you know, good training, good tactical training, a lot of, you know, um, I don't know, just like confidence. Uh, I think a lot in this, at this level, you see a lot of teams, like they just want to get up as quick as they can and like kind of a nervous just to get it up. They want to get it out of their half. Um, so I, it, you know, seeing that, I think last year our possession was kind of lower because I think we were kind of more of a counter team. But if they're really comfortable just kind of passing it around and slowly working it up the wings, um, you know, I can see our possession stat really shooting up this year. I mean, the, the main fear when playing it out of the back is then getting caught and ending up on when playing it out of the back goes wrong. And so if, the they're great... not, if they're not afraid of ending up on that Twitter account, then they should, they should go – forward and do that that twitter account um, can be either the greatest high or the greatest low depending on what side you're on yeah absolutely so far i, I muted the, the hounds have been on the on the the better end of that more often than not so far but we've already seen atlanta two on there and the way we saw louisville playing that preseason game they're almost begging me be a regular contributor to that twitter feed this season the hounds air quote better uh, better side of that Better side of the play itself, the result of the play itself, maybe was was not the best uh, in hindsight. But uh, well, I mean, they were on they were on the, the better side of when playing out the back goes wrong in a, a, a three week delayed going down in Miami. So sure. probably the most sure. famous goal on that Twitter feed. Yeah. So here's my question for you guys: We had two goals in this game for the good guys. Uh, the Canardo Forbes. Uh, Thunderbolt from just outside the box, and then Robbie uh, Drambot uh, coming down from his left wing back position, receiving it one touch, two touch outside of the boot, side netting. The Canardo Forbes goal is going to get the attention. What goal of those two makes you more confident for this year going forward, Logan? Oh, good question. I'd say the first one. Some contributions from the defense, like you said, silky smooth from Robbie Dambrot, right around the guy, side netting from right outside the six. And then was he was he trying to bury Hartford? Is he saying, like, put me to work? I don't know what the shoveling celebration was. I loved it. I don't know what he was going for, but I did love it. That is um, something that needs to be he needs to clarify what what yeah. what you're trying to tell the people with that. <laughs> I loved it. Um, no, that's I mean, that's the that's the the vanity license plate that no one understands. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's his, that's his thing. And like, he's just going to do it like, Hey man, we love it. But, uh, Kenny's always good for one or two of those, uh, a year. So I wouldn't, wouldn't say that shocked me in any way. Um, 2019, he had a couple, uh, the one I can remember is the one, the free kick against Bethlehem on 4th of July. That was the game winner. Um, but I think, uh, getting your, some contribution from your second tier scoring players, I think, uh, is definitely a good sign for, for this year and replace the, uh, the, you know, when you had Ryan James and Jordan Dover's those, those, you know, pinch wing backs. I think that if we can kind of replicate that or even, you know, be better than that, we're in a good spot. 
Messi on the, the same wavelength there. You, you're thinking that the the highlight goal is still uh, Kenny just just blistering one in from outside the box. So I think both of them showed some good things. Um, that makes me really you know feel good about the season. Not that I, you know, I was already high going into it. Um, the the damn I'm never gonna get this right. It's a damn brought damn brought. Yeah, I, I'm going to, every week. I want to say <laughs> I, I put the R in the first half of the name, not the second. I, I just wrote it, it down on my notes so I will say it correctly. Yeah, I'm gonna put it at the top of my notes every week. Um, so his goal. His actual shot—it was—it seemed really awkward. Actually, I don't—I think he's a righty, and so he hit it with his left. Um, you know, he he hit it where he needed to hit it, but it seemed like he wasn't comfortable hitting it. But with his goal, I thought was really interesting. And and rewatching the game a bit, he did a—he had a lot of late runs, um, you know, into the box where on the other side of the field they'd be moving the ball up, and then. When they get closer to the box, he kind of make a late run, and every almost every time he did that, he was able to do it without any defender noticing him. So he was just kind of on his own, and um, you know sometimes we'll be able to get the ball to him. This time it was a deflection off of a defender, but if he can sneak in the back pretty consistently and basically just have a, a free shot at net, you know that's going to get a lot of results like like we saw here. But um, I think like generally the highlight goal by Forbes probably gave me the, the most hope for the season, just because that was a real team effort. You know, there's a lot of um, some good, again, Chris passing right before that, before they sent it off to him. If um, you, to, I'll you, just cause the, the brain's background, if you play that clip out longer than what they show on the, um, just what they clipped for the, for the Twitter, that could almost be a, when playing it out of the back goes wrong. Because it starts with them not being able to get the ball out of their back, and then the Hounds possess it for a while before Kenny does it. So that's like playing it out of the back goes wrong adjacent. Yeah, and, and I realized they were up a guy at that point, so there was more space in the field. But you know, again, all the passes seemed on point. They they weren't mishitting it. They knew where the guys were going to be. Um, now is Kenny going to rocket it from what? 25, 30 yards out every time and be on target. I don't know. Like Logan said, he's good for at least one of those a season, it seems. But, you know, just being able to get that off and the lead up to it, I think bodes well um, for how our offense is clicking already. Any concerns from either of you two about how, how, and I'll, I guess I'm kind of, this is more of a leading question, but are you concerned with how easily? the goal against came about it to me was a pretty, pretty well slice the deep defense open and then have a guy come down the middle for a tap in. Is that uh, it concerning like it on was, you? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was Ardonia's that just missed the the header. I feel like if he has that ball and clears it, they don't, I mean, yeah, but because he didn't how easy they, they kind of like, as Vesti said, what Dan brought did, it seemed like they just did to us. They, they got a guy, you know, to sneak right in behind a defender and stand right at the top of the six and, and poke it in. But I think if Ordonez clears that ball, it, there's no goal um, goal chance at all. So uh, a little concerning, but early in the year, all, all guys are going to make a mistake here and there, especially the rookies. So we'll give them, a, give them a pass. Fair enough. So outside of the actual the actual 90 minutes, it was the, the opener for the Hounds for Highmark Stadium for 2022. Which meant tailgating kicked off a brisk seven hours before kickoff. Uh, any notes from you guys on 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 tailgating and just the general atmosphere uh, pre-match uh, before kickoff? Besting, anything stick out to you? Uh, I came pretty pretty late to the tailgate, but uh, by the time I got there, it was good to see that it was a, a busy and, and well attended tailgate. Uh, everybody seemed to be in good mood. Happy to be back. Wish the weather was a little nicer. Um, that was, it wasn't too bad during the tailgate, but during the game, boy, that wind really cut through you. But um, yeah, no, it's just just good to be back. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody having a good time. It you know didn't seem like the Steel Army in particular missed the beat. Logan, where are your your takeaways from from some uh, pre gaming? So for the past 
I don't even know how many years, we have petitioned the front office for a pisser under the section. Not only did we not get a pisser under the section, they they took away a pisser in the parking lot. So we didn't get the parking lot pisser. Yeah, so may, maybe that's on us. Maybe we petitioned too hard and, and they took away things we already took for granted. But uh, I thought that was a, a, a rough look for the club. It, it's um, a bad first impression for – for and as we're, we're going through the numbers, there's a lot of first-timers are at that game, and that was not a great not a great first impression. And that's one of those things that they, they basically were like, well, best of luck. Um, it, I feel like that's one of those things when whoever – you know, runs game to operation shows up that you either have to call a porta potty company and get one there as soon as possible, or you make some sort of, you know, arrangement to let people into the stadium. Um, and then they started cutting people off at three 30, which was like a false threat. I don't know. I walked in, I asked one of the 16 year olds and he was like, yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I thought that was something that, instead of them kind of being like, well, sorry guys, we'll have it next time. I think that should have been more of a, like, Oh, we need to get this figured out now kind of thing. And um, you know, they don't mind, you know, they didn't knock down parking or anything like that. They were fine collecting the 20 bucks or whatever it is, but. 15, um, 15. You're going to scare people. I don't think you didn't go to the home up or think it also got raised on them. However, if you got got in there before noon, it was only 10. Pro tip for, for any other game. The advantage play, get in there at 1155. Um, but yeah, they had no problem, you know, f- charging full price for, for parking, but that was really my only complaint. But like Wesley said, a lot of good, see a lot of faces, a lot of new faces. Thunderstruck circle was gigantic. Um, a lot of new people. Yeah. Um, session looked great. I always love, uh, when you come back from the bathroom and you round around the dipping dots corner, you make the left and you just during the game and you get to see like the wall of standing people going up into like the Paul child stand. Um, I think that's the, the vantage point where the army always looks the best. So it was, it was nice to see so many people. We sounded fantastic. Um, it, we're really strong. So only, only go up from here, a bunch of new members as well. What 40 something new members. Something like that, that are, that we have no prior record for us. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and I, speaking of the, of the Thunderstruck, massive, massive Thunderstruck circle. We had four different jumping off points on that circle. Uh, I have a, a buddy. He's not, he went to, he went to the, this, the very first game at Highmark, uh, just cause that whole bunch of people go, he has not been to a game in years and that poor bastard got, got thunder fucked. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. the initiation. Sorry, sorry man. <laughs> It was fantastic. To uh, to Logan's point about the section, I I really like that there's this unofficial or unspoken uh, rule that our section uh, goes vertically instead of horizontally. You know, our the the entire supporter section is pretty pretty big and pretty wide, and if everybody spread out, it would probably not look that great. But um, everybody's always on the same game plan to be in that one like kind of narrow strip that goes way all the way back and. It's a great look from anywhere in the stadium. But most weeks, again, this was very cold and windy this week, this past week. You usually get the the straggling families that go on the, the sections around there. Mm-hmm. So people, yeah, I think people have just learned if you're if you're doing our thing, you're in that section and just go up instead of out. Possibly putting the banner there also kind of signifies oh, yeah. where, where you need to be. But that's no, you're absolutely right that it looks better having one section go up as opposed to scattering left and right. Also, want to so, tip, tip my hat to the Brokaws for their work on the flags and the new flags they got. Um, all that looked really good, too. Probably they did the, look uh, really good, absolutely. Not not the ratty, ratty uh, ragtag uh, stuff we've had for a couple years now. Right, give it. Hopefully, if things go well, they'll start looking like crap here, and you know, by the end of the season, because they've been, they've been be well worn. Yes. So, outside of the tailgating, there was also some new stuff inside the stadium. Probably, most notably, uh, there was a new concession company taking over for the old uh, Schallenberg concessions or wherever it was. You know, they they kind of shell cup company did. Uh, what was everyone's takeaway about the new concession company? 
And then probably most notably with that was going to cashless only for your, your beverages and hot dogs. What, uh, anyone have a, an experience doing that this game? No, was that, was that the person who bought a beer? Uh, I think I think Logan and I are staring at each other through the screen. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, I should, I should. No, I yeah. So when they said they was going cashless, I think we all got sh- uh, the shakes or, or whatever because you know in the past or last year uh, with the pandemic and even the year before they tried to go cashless and heck even before the pandemic it was those credit card machines are so slow and. Um, you know, the, the concession people would get you your stuff first and then ring you up and it made like a simple beer transaction, like a five minute process. Um, but I, I walked in there, I went in a little early cause I wanted to peruse the, if there's any new gift, uh, or, or merch or whatever. And so I, I swung through the, the bar, uh, to get a drink and, um, saw they had new machines and was absolutely floored by how fast they were. It was unbelievable how i guess modern the credit card processing is now um that it it took like what used to be like a five plus minute transaction down to what felt like 30 seconds um so big props to them if they're gonna go cashless they actually upgraded the infrastructure to do it good and um even the like the mobile handheld ones for the 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 standalone little booths around the stadium those also went pretty quick so you know whatever they did mad props to that did you have any, did you get anything besides uh, besides beverages to try food? Um, no, I finally got beer in the stadium. I am a big proponent of the tailgate zone, uh, which I'm sure the club loves to hear. Trademark. <laughs> um, I actually Is Steve Storino on this podcast. He's uh he's he's slipping me a dollar bill in my back pocket right now. All right. Um, so I like going out there at halftime because nobody remembers it's open. So it's always dead and you can get to the food trucks pretty easily. Although you really run the risk of them being out of food uh, at that, at that point in the, in the evening. But um, with the low crowd, there was still a decent selection left. So I usually go out there. Um, I, I don't really eat much in the stadium unless I don't know that they're not there for some reason. Uh, Logan, what was your, your concessions experience on, on match day one. Uh, I'll, I'll do the good and then the bad. Uh, good was exactly what Vessi said. And I didn't actually buy a, uh, any beer at a concession stand or the pub. I bought one at the, the secret stand. I bought two beers in the first half and yeah, he had the, the kid had one of the, the cashless card readers. And I don't know if it's because I used a MasterCard or for every card or what, but like the MasterCard logo popped up. And then like the yellow and the red, like became people and did like a figure skating routine. And it took like five seconds. And then like my card was processed. It was actually like the coolest thing ever. Um, So yeah, huge props to them for, for getting cashless, right. And they can move lines very quickly. Um, I bought a pretzel pregame, probably the worst soft pretzel I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, it, it, It was, it was so hard and there was so much salt on it that it was borderline inedible. I think I threw half of it away. Um, so yeah, uh, day one though, only, only go up from here, but, uh, yeah, r- rough, uh, rough soft pretzel. It's going to take a game or two for them to get through, uh, last year's stock. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You get the fresh stuff. So I got two beers during the, at inside the stadium. The first one was by where we walk in on the, the West gate and it was one of those kind of portable stands uh kind of outside the the gate the doors to the pub and as there, you two just said my card had processed before she had finished pouring the beer and i was absolutely stunned so yeah that was less than a one minute trans transaction and i was i was thrilled the downside on that was it was a very short pour mm. and i started noticing other people as well uh, when they were getting beers, I don't know if they made us all because the lady who took care of me was there last year, and I don't remember that being a thing. Maybe just you know a very small sample size I'm working with here, but I was a little concerned by that. You mean um, short pour? It's like she didn't fill the glass. Yes. Interesting. 
yeah, I don't, maybe it was just, it ended up being very heady and she thought it was full or whatever, but it was, it was noticeably short. Um, so that was a little concerning, but again, it was less than a minute transaction. So I loved it because I was, I was always a bring cash to the game because the cards took way too long. And so then at halftime, I, I went to the secret bar fire section when they just had cans. So I didn't have to worry about the poor length and same thing super quick transaction probably not as fast as the other one instead of 30 seconds it was like you know 40 seconds or something but so if that is how fast these card readers are going to go this year i'm i'm in i'm all for it i might just bring cash for the tips because i don't i now know i'm i'm a big cash tip guy so i might do that hopefully they'll they're not opposed to taking straight cash on me Oh, you need cash to park, so um, well, yes, you got to have something. So, might as well use it for tips. So, yeah, uh, that's probably gonna be my game plan going forward. I did not have any food. I rarely have food at the games, so no comment there. Didn't get to have a a, a hard soft pretzel, but apparently, I mean, the kid, uh, the the ball boy behind Brinkay's court, he seemed to be liking that pretzel. Yeah, he 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 seemed to be looking at it. I think he I think he also thought that unsatisfying. I think he took a bite and then was like, "What did I just eat?" And that's what we caught him in the state of of pondering. Ah, that was what it is. Uh, did it, did you guys try the uh, the new Hounds beer? I got it at the uh, the Tuesday night thingy. I got it at the the kit reveal. I it didn't have the, it on Saturday. It was the 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 beer I had first on Saturday. Was the that. The Straub, uh, yeah. uh, Amber. It's fine. I'll drink it. I'm good with it. I yeah. think the one thing I like about it is that it is a, uh, to sound, uh, I guess, lack of educated, poundable beer. Like it, it's it's a it's a lighter beer that you can uh, compared to like the session copper. Like you weren't you, you were not drinking like six seven session coppers and like making it out on your two feet, but you can have you know two or three of the the river hounds beers and you know still you know one not be drunk but also not have like a mouth you know they just tasted like you just you know ate tree bark for the past hour so doing, doing that for like all the, the car ride home that yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so i i think that that is the advantage that it has is that it is a more drinkable beer yeah i, I thought it was fine too um i think it's a downgrade but it's, it's totally fine for like a sporting event uh thing when I went and got it at the the pub, I asked, like, oh, because I wasn't sure what the, the current name was. I think they renamed it. It's just Hounds Lager or something. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll take the Riverhounds beer. And he asked, draft or can? And I didn't realize they were canning it, but I didn't investigate it further. Um, Ooh, maybe they have some Riverhounds SC left over from Full Pint. Maybe. I mean, that that was the best of all, was of all the Hounds labeled beer. At least to me, it was. Yeah, but uh, R.I.P. So uh, next game, I'll have to if they give me that option again. I think I'll get the can just to see what it is. I saw a lot so, of people walking around with the, uh, the souvenir cup too, so that that must be selling all right. I mean, get on them if they can if they can uh, give them the buy because I mean they have like a couple buck up charge for that that cup. Oh yeah, so it's like nine dollars something. Yeah, I got one uh, like the first night they had one. A couple of like they brought them back. I think like August last year. Got one yeah. to, to bring the cup home and having obviously I haven't got one since. But yeah, good on that. That's something that's an easy. Those cups cost you know what a couple pennies each. You know can upcharge them. For, you know free money at that point. So good well, on the house. Got a for... logo on. They probably didn't pay for it. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Probably just forgiving them. So good on the house. At the least, if you're going to get that, you should be able to like, you know, get it refilled for a like a slight discount or something like that. But I need to I need to be. check on that because I heard conflict. The girl told me last year, and that's when they first started them, that it was a one time like four. And somebody, the one game, a couple of games later, said that they were refilling it for them. So I need to need to get the story straight on that one. But I I would I'd be hard pressed if they refill beer more than at least more than one time. That's probably very much a uh, what stand you go to type oh, yeah. of deal. I agree. You're good to know. Any other thoughts on on the game, on the day, uh, anything at all, as it related to last Saturday at Highmark Stadium for uh, for either one of you guys? Nope. Did Never either of you guys get a good look at the the box, the container? Just from on the other side, I know. Uh, I know Seth Thompson, friend of the show. I know he. Uh, 
he sat in it. He won the raffle and uh, he and his, his wife came over at halftime and stood in the uh, Paul Child stand for the second half. And he said that um, it's obviously cool view, um, but he said that it doesn't come with any like club amenities. Like you don't even get like your own bathroom. You don't get food. You don't get your private bar. Um, anything like that it is literally just the seat itself um and it, it's cold being close to the field and whatnot but yeah he said that it was a, a little bit underwhelming yeah i heard the same thing uh i wonder if that's because they didn't have time to, to sell it they just gave away all the seats uh for this game i wonder if they actually sell tickets if then they would include like i don't even know if they would where they could put a bar over there or a little self-service thing or something if you have to go into the pub to get a drink and you you know, wait in a line and stuff, it, you know, why it defeats the whole purpose of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, do you know that did Seth go on top of the uh, the container? Because that's, I mean, that's where I'd be watching it from. No, nah, I think he sat at one of the the high top tables at the oh. uh, at the bottom, if I do recall. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it's a neat neat concept, and I think it. You know, that was kind of dead space in that corner over there. Um, just, just kind of curious if there's more to it. Um, if it's just you know first game, they just they just did it. Um, if it wasn't fully ready or not. I enjoy that the shipping container is going to be like the 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 recurring theme, like theme of the season. So how the shipping container do? Is it good? Is it? Look, us poor in the supporter section have to, you know, look at the, the rich uh, or the, the nice things on the other side of the field and, and just dream. Well, once you get that that first person signed up to Stu Army Elite, then we'll get to find out. <laughs> so now with uh, with Hartford in the, in the rear view, we look forward to this Saturday. Hounds at Detroit. It's it was the game that I think everyone circled straight away when they when the schedule came out. Uh, for anyone who is still on the fence about going to this game, you should definitely do it. If you contact anyone at the Steel Army, we can get you in touch, uh, get you the link to the, the tickets. It is the tickets on the, the our group rate are nine. And then when you add in the service fees, it's only it's 11 and change. Hint, hint, River Hounds, about a $2 service fee. Should look into making that happen for yourself. Uh, and then we are meeting at the Motor City Sports Bar, which is about a half mile from the stadium. Uh, we told the guy in charge of the bar, people start rolling in there probably about noon. He said it gets busy there around two. So if you're going to show up and you want to get some eat at the bar, try to do that before two. We'll start leaving a little bit after three and uh, head on down to the stadium and watch the, watch the boys take care of, uh, take care of business. So, yeah, if you have any questions about doing the away day, you should definitely do it. Just uh, DM us on, on Twitter or, or email us at uh, stormypgh at gmail.com or any way you can get in touch with us, and we will happily answer any questions you got about the away day. Uh, looking forward to the match itself. Detroit comes into this game with a win and a loss. They're coming off a, a win on their home opener this past Saturday against uh, the Charleston Battery. Uh, they were playing in a what looked to be a pretty standard 3-4-3 three, three, uh, formation. Again, everyone's kind of calling them the, uh, the Nice All-Stars because they, most, most of their roster is, is guys they, they brought from Detroit and down in Nice last year and then a couple other guys. And then a few USL uh, mainstays, uh, Probably most notably, their goal scorer from last week, uh, Hopano, who you might remember as a former shitty Islander. Uh, they also got Billy Forbes, who was with uh, the, the Miami last year. So a couple names you might recognize, but probably a lot that you don't. Uh, Vesti, what the anything sticking out to you going into this Saturday? Uh, not particularly. Um, I haven't done too much research on their roster because I. Don't know if I really want to give them the time of day to do that. Uh, but I did watch a little bit of the, since I did come to the tailgate late last week, I did watch a little bit of their game against Charleston because they are starting their games at four for some reason. Even though they do have lights, maybe just, I don't know, weather or whatever. Um, or maybe when the street lights come on, they 
have to go home. But um, I'm looking forward to, to heading up there and, and seeing that stadium. It looked very you know intimate, you know, very tight. Um, it looks like it'd be a good time. It it seems like Detroit, it, you know, both their games were only one goal game, so it was a one one nothing loss to their first game and a one nothing win for their second there. So it seems like they might just be trying to kind of bunker down, just get get through without getting blown out. So I hope we uh, reverse that and put them in their place before they get too big of heads because they already got you know quite the ego to begin with, and we don't need them thinking they're going to run the table here in the USL. Logan, where's your head up, head at on this? I, I agree with everything Vesti said. Uh, Yo, know, so I think it was you that shared the video of like the ball that went out of the touchline and like it resulted in a corner kick. Yes. And the the dude took the from Detroit took some liberties and just completely shouldered the the Charleston guy. And I'm not going to sit here and bitch about if it should have been a call or whatnot. It's I mean it's press soccer that stuff's going to get let go. But the shit that I didn't like was their fans were like, "Welcome to Detroit!" Like, "Oh, like he shoved you." Um, so it's just like shit. Like I don't that, know. I don't that, think that was a Detroit accent at all. No, no, that I can't do accents. So, uh, that was my, just not me saying it. That was just my, uh, my, someone else said it. Um, that was your, your replacement level soccer fan. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but that was, that's what kind of irked me about that whole thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're annoying. Uh, just don't want to give them any sort of, uh, Anything to chew on, uh, go in, beat them up pretty good, get out of there, um, and and let them lick their wounds, and I'll be happy. Something okay. for everyone to pay attention to during this game, and you'll you'll notice it. I'll assume you'll notice it. It'll still be the same way this week. About a yard off of the touchline will be the old touchline. They had the I did out, notice that I they had to bump out the lines the a yard each side which tells me that is going to be the narrowest field that they can, that meets the, the, the standards. So it's going to be probably an even more narrow field that, than Highmark has, which I think obviously Detroit's going to be used to playing on it, but Bob is also used to game planning for more narrow fields than not. So if there's a team that's built to, to play, uh, on a little more compact surface, uh, the hounds are going to be it. So that should not be as big of a, a concern as some teams that play on, um, like a Charleston has a, a wider pitch. Well, Louisville now uh, they're on their new field when they played at uh, at the Bat Stadium. They were it was kind of narrow, but so the hounds are going to be okay playing on the north on a narrow pitch, probably even more narrow than than Highmark. Uh, and again, from that touchline to the to where the stands are, it's only a couple yards, and then. Uh, on the goal line to those at the advertising board was also just a couple yards. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be, I think intimate is the, is like the polite way of saying it. Uh, settings there at, at, at Keyworth. Um, looking forward to it in terms of, of what the hounds are looking at. Um, it sounds like Rivera is going to be uh, available for selection for the first time this year. Uh, we're on the street was he was having a little, uh, some visa issues that, Prevent him from from actually playing the last two weeks, but then likewise we're gonna have uh, the Williams Jesse and Mikel. They're gonna be he's they're gonna be out with with Trinidad. Uh, Jesse has not featured too much yet. Mikel had I think five minutes in week one and then played about a half this past week. So uh, some pieces to to rotate through there. Uh, Logan, what the any, any surprises or anything you're expecting with the lineup? against Detroit this week? No, no, I think that we'll stick to our, uh, maybe, uh, I think the top five, or you'll be no surprises. Um, and then the, the back five, we might switch it up a little bit. I think Shane Wheat slots back in. I don't know. It was rare to, to see him not make a start. Um, he started all but three games last year. So it was interesting to see him not start on Saturday. I don't know if he picked up a knock or fell out of grace. With not Bob only or what not start, there. but, but not start after being on the team of the week, the, the week before. Exactly. Um, so I think he slots back in. Um, and then you say, like you said, Danny, if he's available, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely slot in. Um, I, Robbie Dambrot, after getting getting the goal, I can't see him, um, you know, not starting. So I think it'll be a pretty similar 11, um, as you saw these these past two weeks. And uh, definitely uh, the, the best lineup that I think Lily's going to uh, 
Lily doesn't play into the the antics at all, but um, I definitely think he, this is a team that he uh, he wants to punch in the mouth and uh, get them quite early. Vesti, any, any thoughts on the lineup? Any things we should be looking out for? Um, I, I think first and foremost, if we see a lot of rotation, um, you know, the the lineups are fairly consistent the first two games here. Um, if, if there's a lot of rotation, I think that it's going to tip the hand of what Lily thinks of Detroit. But um, I'm not worried about like Mikhail being gone um, for international duty. I thought he didn't play much in the first game, and I thought he actually kind of had a weak game um, this week against Hartford, even though um, he was rated kind of high. Oh, I think getting the win kind of boosts everybody's numbers anyways. Um, I guess my main concern, though, is I, I I think our defense is probably the weakest part of our team at the moment, and it's not because of like any individual talent weakness. I think they're all you know great, but the the center backs are really the only two that played with each other in the past. And we have Sims that wide last week, and then Drambots new, obviously too. I, I just kind of like constantly switching out one of your center backs. I feel like that's not going to be great for um, consistency and getting used to each other. And I think I feel like that goal that we gave up against Hartford was purely just because of the guys weren't used to each other and, and, and didn't have a sense of where each other would be. Um, so that guy sneaks in between them and, and doesn't get marked. So not a big fan of having to rotate our center backs kind of a lot at this point, but um, with, with how low scoring Detroit's first games have been. And I, I don't necessarily think that they're a, um, a dangerous team. I, I think we'll probably get away with it this week, but just kind of like long-term, I, I would like to see some more consistency there. It's funny you bring up the, the center backs because uh, one of the notes I, I failed to mention before was the last two weeks, Detroit had been playing, bringing the ball up down their left-hand side almost exclusively. I don't know, again, if that's maybe matchup dependent or anything like that. So we've, against Memphis, we had Dixon playing that that kind of that right wing back position. It was Sims this past week, so we've had two different people there because uh, Dixon kind of tucked inside a little bit last week. But if Detroit is still going to play that way where they're bringing the ball down down their left, it might be a, a kind of a big call as to who gets that 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 right wing back spot. Do they go back to Dixon? Do you think Sims might be a little bit better defensively and now you're gonna leave Dixon open to to do something, do some more work offensively. So that the call of who gets that that start might be a, a big part of it. Uh and almost like week one for for Robbie uh, um Dambrot they might be just avoiding avoiding his side of the field altogether. So it could be uh could be something something to keep your eyes out for this week. Yeah, and I also I would expect it to be kind of a slow game. Um, if you watched last week against um, Charleston, it was raining a lot there at that at that day, and the field does not seem like it um, drains well. Um, a lot of the kicks and you know the ball hitting the ground had some big splashes, and uh, unfortunately for us, it looks like the weather this weekend is going to be something similar. Very similar weather, it looks like. Um, so if it's going to be wet, uh, it seems like most of the rain might be in the morning, which is good for us, but if that field's soggy and, you know, it's going to be, uh, and, and we see like sort of puddling, like you saw on the stream last week, it's going to be a very slow game, um, which, uh, might, I don't know. Like we talked earlier about how they were keeping the ball on the ground a lot and making good passes. That's definitely going to hurt that. So, um, you know, we'll see, but in like a, a, a really slow kind of dragged out fight, I definitely you know would favor the Hounds in that situation just from experience and, and coaching. Logan, any any final thoughts on, on Detroit for this Saturday? My only thought is if Lily does rotate, do you think we see Silva in goal? Oh, oh, I, I, 
I think previous years, Bob is usually given, given his, his number one, at least three or four games before rotating the next guy in. Are we going to call, think, are we going to call Vostick number one then? I, you're not. Uh, I mean, uh, I think he, he is the more preferred keeper in Bob's mind, but I, I, I mean, number one for me is like ride or die. This guy's going in. I don't think he's at that level yet. I'd say he's the more preferred of the two, but I don't, I don't know if I'd call him number one at this point. I think it's too early in the year to have that, that, that Bob rotation. It's coming, but I don't, I don't, I think week three might be too early. I mean, next week's Loudon, so I would definitely expect him there um, if Bob's going to do his rotation. That's a good point. Speaking of other teams around the league, we're now we're now two weeks into the into the season. Uh, a couple of things are making itself apparent uh, after after these two weeks, and the thing that everyone is is correctly picking up on is it has been a card fest in the USL so far. Um, I just took the time to. to look up the numbers and do a little bit of do a little bit of typing on the calculator app on my phone. So for comparison between last year and so far this year, last season, 2021, there was an average of 4.42 yellow cards a game and a red card a little less than once every five games. After two weeks of the USL season this year, it goes from 4.42 to 5.19 yellows a game. And we are getting a, a sending off a little over every other game. It's at 0.52 cards, red cards per match. Uh, guys, what the anything worth taking away from from this? Just a small sample size. Could it be something else? Anything popping out to you guys on on the card fest so far? Two weeks in, Vesney. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy to see. And obviously we have a really small sample size, so you know, we'll see if this persists through the whole season. But you know, for these red cards too, that I don't I don't I don't I didn't do a deep dive into it, but I don't think they're straight reds for the most part. It's all double yellows, which kind of goes back to the yellow cards being higher. Um, you know, if I think there was there was like five if I'm just going I didn't write that down, but I think it was five five straight reds. The other part to, to throw in this was there's already been two red cards rescinded this year, one each week. I feel like those are probably the double yellows, but I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you would have rescinded a double yellow. Uh, the the week one, the Tulsa's was a was a double was two two cautions, and they I those are very rare to, to get rescinded, but it did. And then the one for San Antonio this past week was a straight red. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it's. You know, definitely noticeable, and people on Twitter and everything have really noticed it, um, particularly the reds. But I think the yellows are also noteworthy. Um, I mean, just from our two games, it seems like refs are calling time wasting uh, a lot more strict. Uh, so, like last week against Hartford, Dixon kind of just tapped the ball away on one of the free kicks, and the ref immediately gave him a yellow. Where I feel like in the past that would be more like a you know more of a talking to than than an instant yellow. Uh, I don't know if that's maybe like a, a pro thing they want to you know, clamp down time wasting. The, like the point of emphasis that they they're, they're wanting everyone to really pay attention to this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I I haven't really looked at the other games, but just from our game, I thought that was interesting because I don't. That was in the first half too, and I feel like they used to let you kind of get away with being cheeky like that a little more. Um, and then the the Memphis game, and I guess to some extent the Hartford game too. They seem to be calling um, raised boots a lot tighter. So if it's like a, a 50-50 or like a 60-40 ball, the guy who comes in last, if his if his foot's anywhere near the knee level of the, the guy who gets the ball first, they're, they're throwing yellows. Um, so I also feel like that might be uh, some sort of pro thing, trying to call that tighter. Because uh, you know, in the past, the USL has been a much more rougher league so if they're they're being more sensitive about that sort of thing, it's probably a good thing. Um, but I don't think a lot of players are going to be used to those tight calls. Logan, you think this uh, this elevated cards per match rate can can actually be uh, sustainable throughout the entire season? I don't think we'll we'll sustain where we are right now, but I think it'll be higher than last year. 
Um, it, it is nice to see the refs take charge of games. I guess, you know, when, when they're carding your players, it, it's different, but, um, Hartford, if I, what I got from the Hartford game is that the dude got his first yellow for a tackle and got said something to the ref and got it, got sent off. That's what I gleaned from that. I'm not sure if that's right or not. That's how it seemed with the, the cards coming in succession like that. Is that what you guys picked up? That his, no, what I think was talking, what I think happened because he, he got a card about 10 minutes earlier and then he got booked for uh, kind of what Vessi said, having that, that raised boot on a, a somewhat reckless challenge. And so the ref booked him the second time, but I don't think he was aware that he got this, the same guy. It was a times. red. All right. And I that think, I sense. think the fourth official or one of his assistants got in his ear and said, uh, he's got to go. And so that was, that was the delay between the, the yellow and then the red finally coming out. Cause I don't think he was, a, he was, which is, it's a bad look, but I don't oh, think yeah. he was aware that he was giving the guy his second yellow. Yeah. yeah. His, his first yellow was, you know, legit. He, he took a guy down who was on a break. That second one, like on replay, he didn't actually connect. Um, but from the rest perspective, it looked like it. And, um, and, and yeah, like I said, if they're, if they're calling that tighter, you know, that, that elevated foot, um, then, then yeah, he just, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, in the New York City of Philadelphia MLS game this week, Tati Castellanos got a, a yellow card in the first half, yellow card in the second half. They started play again, never sent him off. And then if you went back into the score sheet after the game, the yellow card in the first half magically didn't show up on the score sheet. So, <laughs> uh, you know, interesting. One thing I want to see. Uh, and I know Taylor Tolman talked about this. I think it was the Austin Miami game, MLS game two weeks ago um, that pro refs are now being taught. And I've always hated this. As soon as a, a challenge happens, all 10 guys from, from each team swarm the ref and they're just screaming at them. And, and now it's going to be more of a, that's a, that's a cardable offense to, to the captain or something like that. And Hartford did the same thing um, on yeah. Saturday. So I'd love to see, refs start to discipline that and be like, Hey, I'm calling the game. It's my game. I call it how I want. I'll talk to the captains if I need to. Um, but I would love to see them start throwing out some cards for, for that. Cause it is, it's time wasting in its essence. It wastes, you know, two, three minutes for every occurrence that it happens. So I'd love yeah. to see refs start to shake charge a little bit and, and say, no, I'm going to call the game. You play soccer. A couple of years ago, MLS Institute, they call it the, the mass confrontation rule or the mass confrontation policy. And that was basically if, if more than three players approached the official uh, during like a, a card or some other like controversial moment, uh, they'll start, they could, they could card the player. The fines will go out to the players. The fines will go out to the head coach. Fines will go out to the club. So I think that's curtailed it a bit, but it's probably now it's been a couple of years. So that's rules come into place. Now people are getting probably a bit more lax about it. Uh, but I agree uh, this every time there's a, a, a any any call that's other than the most obvious, there's there's no need for, you know, seven people to be surrounding the official. And then it it is it's like a ninety second delay to get the game restarted. And most yeah. of the time, it's on it's on like a hard challenge, and like he's going to his pocket, and it's like they're still yelling at him. It's like he's gonna make the right call. Just like give him a second, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. And you, you mentioned the totally MLS agree. thing. Um, I I was I was actually thinking watch rewatching this game a bit that I wonder if the USL should institute a similar thing. Because yeah, Hartford was swarming that guy a lot, um, you know, even on calls where he wasn't giving a card. Um, so it, it seems like they need to maybe, at this, uh, at the league level, put something down to, to say, hey, you know, only the captain should be getting at the ref. Don't don't have literally six guys over there. And while while we're recording, uh, sugar free Red Bulls had a guy sent off to it tonight as well. So. <laughs> just and it looks like it was a straight red. So Lord. just keep it coming. So outside of the outside of the car, is anything else around the league that is uh that's raised your eyebrow after two weeks? Logan, any any games, teams, incidents, anything that's got you piqued your interest so far? Uh Loudon, two and Good for the league if uh they can sustain that. That that I had that written down as on my notes as well. And if you go into kind of the, the more advanced stats, it looks completely unsustainable. They are, they're just getting, they're, they're putting low percent chances uh, in the net. They're getting some, some help in terms of really bad defense. 
uh, below league average defense. So the, the numbers behind it says it's not sustainable, but who the hell knows? Um, but Loudon being a surprise, even if Loudon's not as good as it looks like, if Loudon can continuously uh, snipe some points away from other teams, I'm all for it. Vesti, anyone sticking out to you? Um, well, since we don't look at the table at this point, uh, you know, just off, off memory, I, I think the results are probably about where I would expect them at this point. Um, surprised how many games the Red Bulls, too, are playing all of a sudden. They, they've basically been playing two games a week. Um, but uh, now the only, I think, around the league thing that was interesting was uh, off the field that Phoenix was raising hell about the all the crap the uh, the lights do around their their stadium during a game, you know after they lost they didn't they yeah, care about that when they won. Yeah. Do you, do you, can you uh, maybe elaborate on what the what the uh, all the grievances are? Oh geez, there is such a laundry list, but it's like everything that you already know going into a game against Vegas. Nothing is new, um, and when they've won there, they've never made a peep. It's just when they lost their. I guess you know, looking for excuses, but um, Vegas does things like they do the old school USL stuff where they play things on the loudspeakers during the game. Um, they have mattresses along the side of the field that people can, uh, you know, buy tickets to to like lie in a bed and watch soccer. Like, apparently, there's like pools somewhere in their stadium. Um, Really, their, their grievances just sounded like a great advertisement to want to go to see a Vegas game <laughs> uh, more than anything. <laughs> just because it's good thing so the Hounds are playing in Vegas this year. Yeah. Was it the water balloon fight that caused like an hour delay the one time at halftime? Was that like two years yeah, ago? Yeah, that, that was the thing that happened there. Um, yeah, they have, they're doing like the mattress. They, they can get tickets like on a, on a pitch side mattress. They've done the kiddie pools. They've done the, uh, are they doing the truck where if like you have a certain, like a, was it me Toyota? If like you, if you have a Toyota vehicle, you can get the you can back your your vehicle up like pitch side and watch from your from your car or something like that. Maybe and I'm pretty sure the llamas also took a crap on the field at some point. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I always I always get enjoyment when um, you know good teams start to struggle and then you see all the things they start to complain about um, because they actually have to you know have a challenge for once, uh, and it seems like. I don't know, it is still early, but just seeing Phoenix pitch about the Vegas when you know what Vegas is, like you know, none of that's surprising. Yeah, without having really seen the 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 incident where the guy like ran over the mattress or walk like yeah ran into the mattress and maybe got hurt, I can't imagine that they're clo- like they have to be X number of yards away. Kind of like when they when they put the seats, the Riverside seats at, at Highmark, and they couldn't use them for a while because they had to put the put the barrier up. Um, so they weren't the murder seats. The, there, has the, the to, picture, there had to be um, there has to be like a minimum distance. The picture I saw, they look real close, but uh, really, I, I'm sure they're at the minimum. Whatever it is, maybe they can get and a little closer. And, the, and, and, then, and then the, the whoever rents the mattress just like pulls it up another five yards closer, or something like that. Probably. <laughs> no one's gonna stop them. Uh, the only thing that I, when I was reading that article, the only thing that kind of stuck out to me as being not acceptable was. I guess they have their in-game host actually on the mic during the game. And it sounded like he was intentionally referring to some of the, the Phoenix players by like she, her, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, that's probably not, that's not going to play too well. Uh, but I, as much as I, I want the league to be more professional, I mean, it's, it's Vegas. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I went to midnight hockey, you know, professional minor league hockey games where they, they had games that started at midnight uh, and they, the second intermission ended up being 45 minutes because the, the intermission entertainment refused to come off the ice. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I think it's just what you've signed up for when you put the team in Vegas. For yeah. Better or worse. When I, when I mentioned like old school USL on the announcer, um, not stuff like that, but uh if you went to Riverhounds games and they were at Chartier's Valley, they would play ads over the PA in the middle of the game or the processor play music that one time. Yeah, music or like let's go hounds or, or whatever over the PA. Um, so it sounds like Vegas does something similar to that. But um, you know, at this point, 
I think everybody agrees that Vegas's days are numbered. So if you're going to go out, go out bright, man. Just balls it a wall. <laughs> Absolutely. Logan, any or any or looks around the league that uh, have has you interested? No, no. Just I'm interested to see. Uh, I don't want to say that. I was going to say interested to see how Detroit plans out. But like I said, I don't want to give them any sort of my time or attention. So uh, I'll just say no. I'll just say no. So, yeah, that. um, I mean, not much more to go over there. Uh, Kind of going through some Steel Army news. We had our or all hounds Eve slash AGM the night before the, the home opener. So we have some, some changes to the board. Uh, Vesti, you, you uh, like Aladdin giving the genie uh, the right to, to set himself free. You are, you're now uh, unshackled. I've never the seen board. the movie. You just spoiled it. Spoiler, for spoiler. I'm sorry. <laughs> it only came out in 1994. What the one with Will Smith? Oh, no, that's new. Oh, no, I didn't um, the original. Original. Oh. Yeah, so uh, you're you're free of the board. You can uh, you can badmouth all of us now without much rip, uh, you know, without much backlash. So good on you, uh, Logan. You have been elevated uh, from uh, from being the treasurer up to taking Fessy's spot as, as VP. What's uh, what's on your platform uh, uh, for the people? I want to help Josh. I know he does a lot of kind of ticks and ties small things throughout the week, every week to, to make the steel army run. So I want to uh, have a good working relationship with him to take some of those small things off his plate for him. Um, I won't be doing any sort of graphic design or else we would have the worst merchandise in the league hands down. Um, but where I can help, um, help Don transition into the treasure role. Um, I want to help Josh, uh, you know, with anything he needs help with. Um, so we just make myself useful. Um, you know, have more time to give nowadays. So just uh, anywhere I can help, help the cause. Yeah. So the, uh, to round out the new board spots, uh, Liv, uh, who you, most of you should know from, from pre-gaming, she is uh, director at large on the board now. And then uh, Kaz and Jacob uh, are the two new member rep spots as, uh, as Logan just alluded to. Uh, Don has moved into to Logan's old treasurer position. And Storino moves from a, a member rep spot into a director at large. A lot, so, of, a lot of good uh, shakeups. I'm, I'm excited to uh, have some fresh minds on the board and, and, and really excited to see where, where this is going to go. Perfect. So, yeah, that's uh, that's new board. We're going to have all the information on, on this, the website here soon. It's thearmy.com. Um, that's actually will be one of Vesti's kind of probably final things to do before he, he steps out properly. Uh, uh, Logan, let's, uh, let's take this, this bad boy home. Is there anything on the, uh, what we learned tonight? Anything you want to share with the class? No, nothing I want to share to the class. Uh, unfortunately some family stuff. So I, I'm not gonna be able to make it to, uh, to Detroit. So raise some hell, uh, bring home, bring home a victory. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you all uh, April. Now 2nd. you already made the it's offer of, of buying new people. Still stands. Still, it it still, still stands? stands. I just need. I will Venmo anybody who wants to be the tracker of it. If someone is at that bar and says, "Hey, I came because Logan said they could buy me a beer," please give them my Venmo, um, and I would. I'd be more than happy to buy them a beer. I will. So what, the, I will, the put, I will gladly put it on my tab, and I'll. I'll just. Uh, we'll, we'll I, I will wrong. Venmo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the offer Perfect. still stands. So the, the free beers on, on Logan still stand. You'll just have to go through me to make it happen. Uh, Vesti and I are driving up Saturday morning. Uh, got the hotel squared away. And um, yeah, Vesti, what uh, what are you looking forward to? On uh, We're going to be sharing a car for four and a half, five hours. What uh, What's on your playlist? Oh, boy. Uh, I have all kinds of things I can subject you to, I guess, but, um, I don't know. We'll probably just go with some, uh, some classic rock. That's uh, always a cloud crowd, for, yeah, crowd pleaser. Good. Works for me. Uh, Vesti, anything you want to go with what you learned tonight? Any, any insight? Um, I learned, but I don't know if it's stuck. Uh, Dan brought, 
I almost messed it up there. Jeez. I learned to just write down on my notes every week now. <laughs> I don't know what the mental block is to put the want to put the R between the D and the A instead of the, the B and the O. But sorry, Robbie, if you're most likely not listening, we keep butchering butchering the name. We'll get it at some point. But uh, we'll uh, we'll close it up from there on behalf of Logan and Vesti. I'm Dan. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rockman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wbu.edu. He still has not received any emails, so we're doing a great job. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.